I was uh, I was just praying this morning, and uh, about his message about how he's on time. All, you know, God's on time, and um, you know when you're given an assignment of the Lord, it's not always easy. Um, your mind always tries to figure out things, and it tries to figure out God's next move. <laughs> and these couples here could tell you that. I'm sure they have stories of even as they went back and sat down in their chairs, it's like, you know, the mind comes into play, like, well, what's going to happen now? You know, that's the kind of people we are. And, um, <laughs> and, um, and I just believe we're at a time right now where um, I was in Birmingham, Alabama when this happened. It was funny because Peter shared the memory of Birmingham. But I was in a conference there, and I began to see the Lord come and give uh, military assignments out to people, families that were there. And, uh, you know, <laughs> um, how many of you know that our real military, it's a sacrifice for them, for them to leave their homes and to be away from their families and to be away from their country that they know um, to be their everything. You know, you leave everything and you get up and you go. And um, I really believe uh, the Lord was reminding me of that this morning, that um, orders were being given out. And, you know, the government gives the orders to our military, but there's a government of heaven um, that is established in heaven where the Lord gives you your assignments and your papers to go out for his kingdom. And I really believe that this is a time that we're at. It just so happened that we have, you know, the two ordinations today. But, um, you know, when God gives you something and even people that are in the military, you don't get an opportunity to dispute or argue where you're going to be sent or what he's asking you to do. You don't say, oh, wait a minute, I don't like it there. It's too hot there. You know, can I go somewhere else that's colder, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or it's too cold there. Can I go somewhere else where, you know, vice versa. But you don't get to dispute or argue the fact. You get your, your, your papers and your assignment of where you're being sent to, and you just say yes, and you pack your bags and you go. And um, <laughs> I believe that's what God is doing right now. He's handing out assignments to us right now with new vision. And it's up to us to, to not argue or try to figure it out in our own minds and uh, wrap our head around what God's doing, but just to say yes to him. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I believe the Lord right now um, is giving us strategy and he's, he's allowing us to see things from the perspective, the perspective of, of heaven. You know, when, when, um, in some of this, the Lord, the Lord's just dropping it in my spirit. So I'm just gonna just kind of flow right here. But, um, but you know, when David was going to go after Goliath, you know, his view was not in the valley. His view, his view was on the mountain. And um, if we can just can stay in the mountaintops and look at things from a higher perspective of heaven, then we will know the strategy of the enemy and see everything as an open scheme and not just from the point of what we're looking at with our eyes are fixed on. And um, uh, I believe the Lord is um, helping us to focus more right now on him. Focus more on your assignment. Focus on more on what he's already spoken to you. Um, I believe he's handing out backbones to us of boldness because we need the boldness of heaven right now, um, not to retract, but to push forward. You know, when you are in, in, a, in a thing of a, any kind of warfare, anything like that, um, you don't go backwards. You always move forward. 
And um, even though the enemy is larking and he's saying this and he's saying that and he's lying to you and coming with this deception, you cannot, uh, you cannot answer to that. You have to keep your focus on the Lord. And, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, we've been teaching about dying to self. We just had a class of healing and deliverance, and it's dying to self, dying to your self-satisfaction, dying to your own needs uh, for, for the sake of the kingdom. And a lot of the times, people are not willing to die to themselves for the sake of the kingdom. And they always have themselves in mind, well, how can I benefit? How can I gain something? Um, uh, can I get a, a title? Can I get a, a platform? Can I, um, all these things come into mind with certain people, and that's not what the kingdom of God has ever been about. It's about dying to yourself. And um, in Philippians 1.21, it says, for me to live uh, for me to li to live is Christ and to die is gain, and um, <laughs> and Paul says something that was so great because he says how uh, you know it's better for me to be alive and to be here than for me to die, and you're like, but you just said to die is to gain. <laughs> like, what is he really trying to say there? You know, but he was trying to um, let people understand that him his the flesh dying is gain unto Christ. When we kill our flesh and our own mindset and our own thoughts and we're led by the Holy Spirit, then it's it's actually a plus for those around us who we're feeding, the sheep we're feeding, the people that are coming around us, um, that we can speak life to them. And in Philippians 1, 27 through 30, it says to live as citizens of heaven. And this is Paul talking above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of good news about Christ. In a matter worthy of good news about Christ. In a matter of worthy of good news about Christ. <laughs> Can we speak the good news, right? Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit, one purpose, fighting together for the faith which is the good news. This is how unity comes about. If we're all talking about the good news and to get fighting together for the faith, um, <laughs> then we cannot be intimidated. Go, it goes on and says, don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved. And even by God himself, for you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. And we are in the struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know I am still in the midst of it. So he's talking, he's, he's giving like an encouragement, and he's telling everybody like, look, we're all in this together. We're all this. We're in this big family together for the kingdom of God. And and we're, if we're all in good faith, if we're all fighting together in faith, we're all talking about the good news of God, which we did that this morning. I don't know about you, but I felt hope come in the door um, when we were talking about his goodness. And the more you talk about his goodness and what he does and less about what hasn't happened or what he hasn't done, um, it really grieves the Holy Spirit when you do that. And so get in a, in a tell your mind to shut down and always be in thanksgiving to the Lord. Because it does something in the atmosphere of where you're at when you're in thanksgiving and not complaining. 
In uh, Galatians 2.20, this is the Passion's translation. Um, My old identity has been crucified with Messiah with no longer lives, for the nails of the cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me, through you. We live in union as one. My life is empowered by faith of the Son of God who who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life unto mine. Our lives are not ours anymore. When we became under the Lord, when we became saved and received him in our hearts, we literally became laid down lovers the way Christ did. And, you know, people see that, you know, that's, well, we're going to suffer with him. But what, what it really means in the deepness is it's talking about the intimacy that you will have with the Father, that you will be in this deep, deep place with the Father. And when you go into that deep, deep place with the Father, that you become one with him. And when you become one with the Father, then um, your life isn't yours anymore to do with whatever you want. You only listen to the Holy Spirit directing and guiding you what to do. Um, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I say all that because um, I say all that because when you're in ministry and you're called to an assignment and these assignments that God is giving out today, and uh, and, and and you're you're ready to go and say yes to God. Um, I recently had an encounter with the Lord during worship, and I went into this big white room. It was like this big old white room. It looked like a big old hospital room, and all there was was a chair for me to sit on. And I was sitting in there, but as I was sitting there, I knew the Lord was coming. Like, I could feel it in my in my. I could feel it inside of me. I could feel it in my spirit. I knew the Lord was going to come in the door. And there was one door. And the door was on the left. And I could just see. And I was like, you know, I began to ask the Lord in my encounter. I said, where am I? And he says, you're in the waiting room. And I said, the waiting room? And he says, yeah, you're in the waiting room. And I thought it was so prophetic because many people right now, Um, The enemy has stolen that from them about being in the waiting room as they wait for their loved ones to come out from being diagnosed or from sickness or operations or anything. And I took that as a sign from the Lord that the Lord was going to give us breakthrough in that area as we waited for the Lord. And, and I was sitting there, you know, have you ever been in a, in a moment? Like, you're like, well, what do I do here? Like, like, I'm in this heavenly place, so what do you want me to do here? Like, this is my doer mode mentality, right? And I'm like, God, what am I supposed to do here? I, I know you're coming, and I can feel the expectation in my spirit of you coming in the door, but what do I do while I wait? And he's like, if somebody, if somebody could give you what, you what you needed, and they were about to come in the door, what would you do? And I started to think about that. If I knew that that breakthrough was walking in the door and there was things that I needed and I had a, a moment's time to spin, to get things, not for myself, but for others. And I have to take advantage of that opportunity. 
And so I was sitting there, and I, I just started asking God, like, God, like, give me people to pray for. Like, put in my memory people that need breakthrough, people that need healing, people that need um, things that they need. And, and I knew that I was sitting there, and I was just, like, calling on the Lord, and I just said, God, I just pray for this person. I speak breakthrough over this sickness. And, and, um, and, and I didn't want to lose the moment of being in the waiting room because the waiting room meant that he was going to come. It didn't mean that I was going to wait there forever, but there was a particular timing of it. That's why I wanted to name this message, He's an On-Time God, because there was such a precise timing on it of me being in this waiting room and God walking in the door. And I didn't want to miss that opportunity, so I had great expectation and excitement in my spirit. Well, um, I, I had the encounter. I said the prayers in there. And, um, and then I came out of this encounter. And um, I did not realize at the time that I was going to be in the waiting room of myself with my own self-circumstances in my own life. Um, I had the encounter. So I believe God prepares us for things before they happen so that way we can be prayed up. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, the enemy's going to come and attack, but I'm going to get you ready in prayer. And um, so my dad gets sick, and we've been teaching on healing and deliverance. And here comes the enemy to attack my father, and, um, and, and they keep telling us he's going to die, he's going to die. Um, and, and I go through this process with the Lord, and, you know, my flesh is weak, right? But my spirit is strong. <laughs> and so my flesh was weak, but my spirit was strong. And I had to shut down my flesh not to get on an airplane and immediately go over there. But my spirit was strong. And I just went unto this uh, prayer mode with the Lord. And I just, I came to the Lord. And it, it's so funny because, you know, the reminding the Lord of things is not for him because he remembers everything. <laughs> He remembers his promises that are spoken over your life. The reminding him of things is so that way it, were, it reminds your spirit and it reminds yourself. And you begin to feed yourself with the same thing you're reminding the Lord about. And, and so we think it's for him. I'm going to remind you, Lord, don't forget you said this and you said that and this promise and that promise. But really it's for us, these promises. And so we have to say them out loud so that way our spirit can catch wind of it and say, but you said God. And so I went through the moment, I was like, God, you said that if I took care of your flock and your people, you would take care of me and my family. And I just cried out to the Lord with that. And, and, um, my, my, and, and the Lord, he had given me this encounter, and he's like, and he reminded, he reminded me, he was like, remember the waiting room you were in? And I'm like, yes. And he says, that's your promise right there, that I'm going to come through the door. And he says, even though it may not seem like I'm going to come in the door, I'm coming in the door. So have an expectation, have an excitement within yourself that to know that I'm going to come in the door and I'm going to come and I'm going to help people. And so I'm sitting there <laughs> and, um, and I'm like, okay, Lord. And um, my dad, I just, we did, just did Zoom with him uh, this past week. 
and my dad is back in his rehab center slash nursing home and we saw him on zoom and he's laughing and smiling with us and my family just couldn't contain themselves because of every single report they got was that your dad is dying and you have to say goodbye to him your dad is dying you have to say goodbye get on the first flight out you need to come and um and i was just like you know the whole time i had to get before the lord and you know we were, i was talking with somebody one day and they're like i don't know how you did it it had to have been the lord how you got through this and I started thinking about that, and I was like, yeah, it had to have been the Lord because my my flesh is weak, but my spirit is strong, you know? And so I have to rely on Holy Spirit a lot of the time to pull me through things and not rely on my own thoughts and my own processing of things. Um, but this is what it is when you're given an assignment, that you have to focus on the vision, focus on the assignment, and not derail off that assignment and what God has spoken to you to do. Because the minute you do is the minute that you're surrendering unto the enemy. And so you can't get derailed. Um, if I would have gone, it would have been, been hard even for me to come back because of all the laws and all this stuff they're doing right now. And, um, and that's why the Lord said, just wait, wait, don't go yet. Um, so I'm going through this process, but you know, if we really allow the Lord to, the Lord comes and strengthens you through the attacks that we go through and, um, he'll cause your perception to stay focused on him and not on your circumstance or your situation when you cry out to him. Um, I just kept telling my family, I was like, you know, they're like, he doesn't wake up. And they kept saying, your dad's not waking up. He's not waking up. And here we are teaching on healing and deliverance, and we were teaching about where every time somebody was about to die, that they would come to tell them, um, why are you mourning and crying? They're just sleeping. I'm coming to wake them up. And I told that to my family. I said, Dad's just sleeping, and the Lord's going to come in the door of his hospital room, and he's going to wake him up when he's ready. And he's going to wake him up. And um, because they were like, you know, we're just praying, we're just praying. And, and I said, God's going to come in and he's going to wake him up because God created all of us and he knows when it's time for us to go to be with him. And, um, and I, just, I just had to pull from that. Um, all things have their time under heaven. Not under the world, under heaven. And we need to come with an expectation that we do not agree with what our carnal eyes are seeing, but what heaven has for us. In Habakkuk 2, 3, it says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. And though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come and it will not tarry. The word tarry right there, it says to delay or to be tardy in acting, to linger in expectation. To linger in expectation, to wait, abide, or stay in a place. Your vision, your what God has called each and every one of you to do with your purpose and your destiny, it is going to happen, and it is going to come. The vision is yet for an appointed time. He's, a, he's an on-time God. Every part of your life, your steps are ordered. Every single part of your life has already been directed by the Father. 
And we just have to go to Holy Spirit for our direction and to and to try our, our, our best. Thank God for grace and mercy, right? That try our best, that we listen to Holy Spirit to stay focused on the Lord. But we will not tarry. It will not tarry the vision, the ministry, whatever God's given you this season. It will not. But we're supposed to linger in expectation, to linger into expectation, even if you don't see God moving right now, even if you feel like there's nothing happening, you linger in expectation. You have to. In John 5, 15, 5, it says, yes, I'm the vine, you are the branches. And those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. He's an on-time God, right? <laughs> Ecclesiastics 3.11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. In its time, it's going to be beautiful. In God's time, not our time. Um, another thing the Lord has been speaking to me about is that you need to look for signs of confirmation for the assignment and the vision God has given you. God is always speaking, but are, are we positioned to look and see what he's saying? Um, there was this evangelist, and, you know, we have a similar story that I know my husband has shared with you guys. But there was an evangelist, and his name was George Mueller. He's an evangelist of Bristol, England. And he was standing in front of a building one day, and uh, he knew the ministry needed this building, right? It spoke volumes to me. And this little boy comes up to him and brings him a penny. He says, I'd like to give you this penny for your building that you need for the ministry, See, some of us, we have those moments, and we, they pass right by us, and we don't even realize that they pass by us. But see, this man knew the Lord, and he knew about confirmation and the promises and what God had already spoken. And so he took that penny, and he says, thank you, God, for the confirmation. Thank you for the confirmation that this building is going to be ours, and it's going to fill the needs that we need for the ministry. And it just blessed me so much because... You know, we had a little boy one time come to our service one day, and I know Pete shared on this, and his heart was pure. And he brought us 35 cents to sow into some things that we needed. Um, we actually, we needed a house and um, because we needed to be positioned there in Birmingham for a while. And um, he said, I just want to sow into your ministry, sir. Little bitty boy comes up to Pete, gives him, pulls uh, his change out of his pocket and gives it to my husband and puts it on the table. You know, um, <clears throat> that's why it says to have faith like a child, right? Because there's no limits on their faith. They don't have all of this uh, stopping the flow of what Holy Spirit is telling them to do. And so when he did that to him, it was like, oh, you know, I'm just going <laughs> to do this. But when we saw that change, we were like, God, we know you're in this with us, and we know you're going to do something with it because that's just the way he works. Um, <laughs> you know, um, it's the, the, the glass full empty. The glass is half empty or half full, right? It's your perspective of how you see things. Um, Matthew 18, 20, it says, where there's two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. You know, all you need is somebody else to agree with you for what God wants to do. 
Um, it's the little things of confirmation that help to build the and, and encourage you to continue to believe in the vision God has given you. <laughs> and we have seen God show up in big ways in our life, my family. Us being here in Ohio was one of them. Um, we never thought we would live in Ohio, but God gave us our assignment papers. And, um, and he said, uh, it's time for you to go and um, don't ask questions, but just say yes. So can we stand this morning? Your yes allows the opportunity for the light of the, of the Father in your journey of growth with him to shine through to others. And when people look at your life and they know you said yes, and you said yes before he even brought you what you needed. When you say yes before what you need is in front of your face, that's the most powerful times you're going to have in your life. Because it shows where your faith is at, and God takes faith and it brings him pleasure. It brings him, brings him pleasure to know that you're believing that what he died on the cross for was more than enough for each and every one of us and our purpose and our destinies. And I believe God is handing out some assignments this morning. And um, just like if we were in the military of the world, we cannot say no. We cannot argue with God and say, but it doesn't look the way that I want it to look like God. Um, it's not all dressed up all pretty. And uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I didn't sign up for this, Lord. <laughs> and God's saying, it doesn't matter because I'm with you. And I'm going to walk with you through this. And um, if you would just stay in the, in the cool of the day with me. Just stay in the cool of the day with me. Walking out what God has called you to walk out with him. Keep your perspective, your perspective of a heaven perspective and not your own of your own mind. Because your own mind will make you feel like you're crazy. But when you go in the spirit of God, it's not crazy. <laughs> it's called faith. <laughs> so I, I just pray, Lord, this morning, Lord, if you could just raise your hands. God, I pray that there would be no confusion, God. No disbelief, God. But I pray for an increase of faith, Lord, over your sons and your daughters. And I pray that your assignments would be released this morning to them, Lord. That they're not in question of what am I supposed to do with my life? What do you have for me next, God? But it would be made clear to them clear to them that your light would come in and shine on the promises and shine on their purpose and shine on their destinies this morning God God they all have a calling Lord and you're calling them Lord you're calling them to step up and to step out in faith to do what you've called them to do Lord and in that Lord comes the increase Lord and in that comes the overflow, God, with more than enough that flows from your heavens unto their hands, onto their families, God. You've always been about generations, God. And it's not just us, but those that are going to come, Lord. 
God, we agree with heaven this morning, Lord. We ask that the assignments, God, <laughs> that they're signed and they're sealed and they're delivered this morning, Lord. We ask that you give them dreams, give them signs, give them open visions, God, of what it is that you want them to do right now, God. They will not be lost or confused, Lord, but they will have vision again, God. Give the vision out to them, God. Let them capture the vision of even this house, God, of even what you've spoken over this house, over this town, over this city, over this state, God. Let them capture the vision this morning, God. You know, some of you might be getting some pictures right now and some memories. We ask that you open up the memories right now, Lord. You remind them memories, God, words that were spoken over them, Lord, that they have forgotten about, Lord. You didn't change your mind, Lord. You didn't say, oh, no, 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 I made a mistake. You said, no, it will and it shall be. God, I ask for those promises to come unfolded. Unfolded where they see it clearly, Lord. I pray for fresh fire, just as my husband was releasing earlier, Lord. Fresh fire over your sons and your daughters, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord. In Jesus' name. <laughs>